It feels good to know you're listening. Thanks for being here. When I started this podcast, I called it Autobiography with Astrology. It's a boring title that even search engines can understand. The real title is Life Stories with Astrosource. My initial idea was to do a podcast with much more astrology that I am actually doing. I'm a storyteller first. I love astrology. I am an astrologer. And I keep including about 25% of astrological source to my stories. Because I'm such a Libra moon, Venus and Mercury, I'm trying to make everyone happy. So 50% of this 25% of astrological source will be understandable by complete beginners. And the other 50% of the 25% of source will be for people who understand a bit of jargon. Now, whatever your level, you can be happy and learn a lot about astrology because you can look at my chart and connect my life stories with the astrological placements whether I talk about them or not. I'll give precise dates as often as I can. For a start, I was born on the 4th of November 1961 at 9.30pm in France in a city called Laxou, L-A-X-O-U. It's near Nancy. Another very special date is the 23rd of May 2008. I took the plane and came to London, United Kingdom, to stay. I had arrived in Drôme, south of France, middle mountains, Mediterranean climate, 18 years earlier, around the time of my first Saturn return. I loved this region. I loved these valleys and mountains so much. I told them before I left. They had become home. I know that paradise is not a place but a state of mind. I should rather say a state of soul. But if I had to describe it, it would look like there. Loving a place is infinitely easier than loving people. I'm not against loving people, but it is so triggering when it happens, and so frustrating when it doesn't. I love these mountains, the rocks, the prickly bushes, the cork oaks, the bucked trees, the fields of olive of apricot trees, the rivers, the roads winding like streams, the villages, the markets on Thursday's morning, all the adventures I lived there, learning and playing music singing and acting, writing and telling stories, walking behind the sheep, milking goats, making cheese, finding friends, falling in love, talking to wonderful counselors, pruning apricot and wine trees, hoeing fields of aromatic plants, wandering and wandering. But look at the planetary transits on this 23rd of May 2008. Transiting Pluto is retrograde and squaring my natal moon to the degree it makes me think of a sturdy knife opening an oyster. Neptune is bang on my south node, a feeling of leaving behind. Jupiter on my descendant rings like a bell, ding, 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 time to embark on a new adventure. Uranus makes an exact trine to my ascendant, just to make sure the date is really noticeable as a good case study. Look at these transits. 
and the progressed moon, almost full at the beginning of the twelfth house, had the taste of exile. My life had arrived at a kind of stalemate. I had lived with three women during these eighteen years. Two years with Martine, two years with Francis, plus two other years without living under the same roof, and six years with Pascal. I left in all cases. As much as I may crave for love when I don't find the way out of singleness, I feel an equally intense craving for space and freedom when I am in a relationship. That's very neurotic, yes. The state of my soul is described in mythical terms by the story of Isis and Osiris. They were twins. They were brother and sister, and also husband and wife. They were king and queen of Egypt. They were the masculine and feminine side of the same energy. Osiris was ruling without constraining. He was a master of words. He used persuasion. But Seth, Osiris' brother, was jealous. He killed Osiris. He cut him into pieces and scattered them all over the land. And that's how I've been feeling for most of my life, with bits and pieces of desires and needs, of aspirations and dreams scattered. Like Isis, I have been on a quest for retrieving and reintegrating all these bits and pieces of my soul going their separate ways and fighting. This is a very Pluto-Scorpio-style story. My south node is also in the eighth house, so the north node is in the second, and the eighth to second, or Scorpio to Taurus evolutionary path, I call it the post-traumatic path. A thing is sure, the scattered state is not compatible with commitment. Osiris needs to be whole, and Isis wants to keep searching. I left. I was not attached to a woman. My best friend, Pierre, he had been such a great friend over the years. He had fallen in love at first sight, at sixty years old, for a woman thirty years younger than him. The feeling was instantly reciprocated. I was there when it happened. We were sitting at the counter in a bar. The two girls were my friends. They were coming to visit me. When they walked in, Pierre said, I've got to go, I've got to hide. But he didn't, and got caught in a love spiral. Great. I don't like couples too much. You have a friend. You have been talking over the years about yourselves, about women, about life, uh, about philosophy and deep feelings. You've been telling jokes and performing together. You've lived a love story without the sex, actually. You understand each other better than most lovers do. Your conversations make life worth living. Suddenly a woman turns up. She absorbs it all. She takes most of the attention, most of the time. Your friend lives something wonderful, and that's wonderful. But it's a big loss when it lasts. Other friends all walked their separate ways. I was living alone in a house where we used to be on average 
ten around the table every evening. Three guys living together and cooking. We attracted company. We were always smiling. This had been going on for maybe one year, but these blessed times were over. Towards the beginning of the year 2008, when Pluto squared my moon in direct motion for the first time, I asked my sister if I could come over to her place in London. She told me she had been hoping this would happen one day. She had just left her husband. Perfect timing to share a slice of life. Notice that Pluto in my natal chart is in the third house, which has to do with siblings. London was the place in Europe where you could find easily a job. I packed my things, which have never been a big load. I said goodbye to friends and mountains and landed in Gatwick Airport for my sister's birthday. As a storyteller, I just had to learn English now. Not long after I arrived, the economy collapsed. It gave me the best excuse in the world not to find a regular job. So I did something much more enjoyable. I started offering gardening maintenance as a service. I printed business cards, put announcements in newsagents, declared myself officially self-employed, and without rushing like a rat caught in a race, I found a way to earn just enough to pay for food and rent and enjoy as much free time as possible. I'm still a gardener today, even though part-time, because I'm an astrologer as well. Gardening is more than a humble job. Touching the earth is a lifestyle. I don't have a van or a car, I am an ecologist. I carry a bag of small tools, I'll take public transport or I walk. People have sheds with all the necessary tools in their gardens. No fees, lower rates. I found a nice little niche. I do only general maintenance. I don't want landscaping complications. I love the freedom to love the sky above and the ground below. I keep the energy of my mind for my personal use. Learning astrology, philosophy, storytelling in English, how to promote public speaking workshops. I did that as well for a few years in London. It's a wonderful life. I'm sure at times I still miss the particular love that man and woman share when they find the way. My love life has been a great disaster and I still feel the pain on the shadow side but have learned to appreciate the treasures you find in solitude. There is company in the air. One day I had a good laugh with Mohammed, an elder man, Muslim from India, with home, family and garden in London. He was with me in his garage, chatting. I was filling a water can from the tap. The water running in the pipes was making a loud noise. <coughs> Not exactly that. I said, but, but, but you've got an elephant in there. We laughed. <laughs> This is a good memory. I remember wondering as a child. I was thinking, we've made tremendous progress over the centuries. Before we didn't have machines. There were no tractors in the fields, no washing machines in the homes, no factories able to produce quantities of objects. Craftsmen had to handmade what we needed and it took much more time and effort than it does now. So we should be on holiday most of the time, no? Otherwise, what's the point?
have always loved freedom. Freedom to wander and wander, freedom to live at my own rhythm. Maybe that's the main reason. Freedom, freedom to be a contemplative soul, freedom to listen to what's in the air and makes me feel good in spite of what doesn't. I remember I was a child sitting behind my desk in the classroom. I was nine or ten. It was three p.m. I was looking through the window. A sunbeam was shining through the leaves of a tree. It was obvious, absolutely obvious to nine-year-old me that 3 p.m. is not the right time to be locked up in a classroom. My place was near the tree in that light. That was Neptune thinking, feeling. School was interesting, yes, but it took far too much of my time. I spent my entire childhood waiting to grow up to be free. Sitting all day long is not right, as if God gave us legs for nothing, as if children would not learn ten times as quickly if it made sense for them. Have you read Free Children of Summerhill by A.S. Nail? That's the story of a school for disparate crazies. The children were allowed to do nothing for as long as they wished. Teachers and educators were available. It could take a couple of years before a child thought of what they wanted to do with their life. But when they made a decision for themselves, they were able to learn in two years what normally takes five or six. If you are allowed to your own rhythm and to make your own decisions, you multiply your potential. Maria Montessori demonstrated this with small children as well. Instinctively have always known that to heal requires the same freedom. A great difficulty has been to stop fighting against myself. On one side, one side of me, a certain idea of what it means to be a responsible adult, a very big load of I should, I must, I have to, look at this big Saturn. Sometimes it feels like an army of sharp weapons aimed at me. On the other side, an inner perception of what I need, calm, time, trust. Patience, reassurance. But the conflict is a trap. It burns all the energy and leaves you behaving like a lazy slug. Finding emotional balance is a difficult art. Moon in Libra. Isis and Osiris. I love this one. When Osiris is reassembled and resurrected, Isis and Osiris make love. Horus the Hawk provider and protector of the land, is born from the reunion. Thank you for listening. Say hello.